Hello and welcome to The Quiz Kids from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The Quiz Kids, brought to you by the makers of Alka-Seltzer. Alka-Seltzer for headache. Alka-Seltzer for acid indigestion. Alka-Seltzer for cold discomfort. Yes, when these occasional ailments make you miserable, take Alka-Seltzer for really fast, really effective relief. All right, quiz kids, listen closely. Here's today's first question. Arrange the first letters of the four major meatpacking companies so as to spell a branch of the United States Armed Forces. Yes, that's today's number one puzzler. And can you folks there at home figure it out? Well, you'll have a few seconds to give it some thought while the youngsters here in school answer roll call. And here they are, the quiz kids and the chief quizzer himself, Joe Kelly. Bob Murphy, and hello, everyone. We're glad to mark all you folks present in class this afternoon, and we know you're going to enjoy this reading, writing, and arithmetic session here in radio's famous classroom of the air. You listeners have sent us some mighty interesting questions, but before we tackle them, I just want to say that I have a greeting from our best teacher of 1948. Roy Fisher wants me to tell you quiz kids and all our listeners that he's having the time of his life down there in Miami. And now, children, let's get to work. First, roll call. Joel? I'm Joel Coverman. I'm 12 years old in the departmental in the Volt School. Lonnie? I'm Lonnie Lundy. I'm 12 years old, and last Friday I was promoted to the 8th grade at Lincoln School in Park Ridge, Illinois. Good for you, Lonnie. Mark? I'm Mark Muller. I'm in the 2nd grade. I'm 7 years old at the University of Chicago Laboratory School. David? I'm David Freifelder. I'm 12 years old in West... and 8th grade at West School in Waukegan, Illinois. And a new member of our board, winner in a recent quiz-down competition conducted by the Chicago Sun-Times, John. John Galenis, age 12, uh, was promoted to 7th grade Wednesday, uh, St. John Bosco School. Well, good for you, Johnny. And now then, back to that first question from R.C. Haven of San Francisco, California. Arrange the first letters of the four major meatpacking companies so as to spell a branch of the United States Armed Forces. We have two hands up. Lonnie's hand was first. Well, I'm, I'm not sure what the answer is, but one of the, two of the major meatpacking companies would be Armour and Swift. Armour and Swift? And that, that would be S-A. You say you rearrange the four first letters. That's They're right. Arrange the first forces. letters of the four major meatpacking companies. Now, uh, we have two of them. Uh, Joel, your hand was up. Well, I, I was going to say the same thing as Lonnie was. Oh, you were, huh? 
We can't uh, think of any more? All right, I'll give you the others. Uh, Wilson and uh, Cudahy. So put them all together. The first letter is Lonnie. Wax, W-A-C-S. That's right, absolutely. (laughs) That's correct. Well, I'm, I'm afraid I'll have to put a little check mark after that one. Uh, that meat question was a little bit too tough for you kids. Yeah, R.C. Haven of San Francisco gets a big Zenith radio phonograph combination from the makers of Alka-Seltzer. This is always Alka-Seltzer's award when the children miss your question, and this is a magnificent Zenith. It has the automatic record changer, the new Cobra tone arm, two FM bands. It's complete in every way. Now, when the quiz kids answer correctly, you also get a radio, a fine Zenith Transoceanic Standard Shortwave portable in a convenient luggage case, the most outstanding portable on the market today. So send your questions in, friends. Send them to Quiz Kids Chicago. Well, let's see what we can do with this next one. Mrs. A.P. Lee of Memphis, Tennessee, points out that small creatures found in nature have their own substitutes for some of man's inventions. She says a spider has rigged up his own alarm clock. Can you explain what the spider uses? Mark? The uh, spider hides after, it's, after he makes his web, and he has a string going from the web to the spider's leg, and when something gets caught, it jiggles the web, and the web jiggles the st- string, or it's a part of the web. Yes, part of the web. And it jiggles his foot and then he knows he's caught something. Yeah, isn't that? That's pretty keen, isn't it? Yes, sir. That's right, too. Now, the Australian brush, uh, brush turkey doesn't need an incubator. It has its own method for keeping its eggs at the right temperature to hatch them. What does it do, Mark? It puts the eggs in old dead leaves and when they... Um, rot. Yes. It, the heat uh, heats the eggs and hatches them. That's just what happens. That's absolutely right. All right, now here's a music question from Gene Martin of Dallas, Texas. Our organist, Howard Peterson, will play a medley of three songs. You kids are to pick out one word from the title of each and end up with an announcement of a current celebration. All right, listen. It's a grand old flag. The second one is the end of a perfect day. And the third one is manana. So? So that would, uh, well, of course, one, one of the words that you, the announcement would have to be manana since it's the only word in the song. And All I, right. Uh, uh, what does that uh, mean? Hmm? I think it means flag day manana. Uh, flag day manana means... Uh, that means tomorrow. Tomorrow, that's right. June 14th. <laughs> Now, Quiz Kids, your next question will be asked by our guest observer for today. And I might add, he's the youngest guest observer we have ever had. He's only 17 years old and has just won the Minneapolis Star World Affairs Contest. 
in competition with 13,700 other students. He is on his way east with the next two winning students, and I'm proud to welcome him to our classroom, Mr. Roger Quam. Thank you, Mr. Kelly. Now, uh, kids, uh, Roger has a question to try on you that uh, ought to be a lot of fun. The radio awarded for this question will go to the Rehabilitation Center for Crippled Children and Adults in Minneapolis. Roger, you uh, tell the quiz kids about it, will you? This is a question that was broadcast locally over station KSTP in Minneapolis and was three weeks before anyone got the right answer from the clues I will give you. You are to guess the identity of a certain Mr. Who, an American now living and a national figure. I'll start out with the original clue and add other clues during the program if you fail to identify him on the first one. Here's the first clue. He shall add one in five. Way on top, it will arrive. Well, Chris Kids, there's your first clue. He shall add one in five. Way on top, it will arrive. Now, you may consult among yourselves, and when I call on you, I'll take just one guess from the whole class. In the meantime, while you're conferring, here's Bob Murphy with a swell suggestion. Let's have a picnic. I imagine this is a suggestion heard quite frequently at your house these days. Isn't that right, Mother? And I wonder how many of you remember to tuck the Alka-Seltzer package in the picnic basket, along with the sandwiches, the deviled eggs, the pickles, the cake, and all those good things to eat. Well, it's a mighty smart idea... Eating out in the open has a way of making eyes bigger than stomachs sometimes. And when you or someone in the family suffer from acid indigestion caused by overeating, you don't want to wait until you get home to get the welcome relief Alka-Seltzer can give. With Alka-Seltzer along, you can drop a tablet or two into a glass of water, listen to it fizz, and then drink it down. And say you'll begin to feel better fast. You won't have to sit it out while the others are having fun. No siree, with the fast, effective relief Alka-Seltzer offers, that uncomfortable, uneasy feeling of acid indigestion will be a forgotten interlude almost before you realize it. So remember, when you go to your drugstore for Alka-Seltzer, instead of one, buy two packages and take that extra with you wherever you go. Well, um, I uh, happen to hear you kids... Uh whispering <laughs> among yourselves. They were in a regular huddle there while Bob Murphy was speaking. Have you decided who is Mr. Who? Only one guess. Uh, Lonnie? Well, we've decided to say uh, Secretary, Secretary of State George Marshall. Well, now, Roger, how about that? Would you like to uh, comment on whether that's correct well, or incorrect? Very afraid that isn't correct. Uh-huh. Well, you see, kids, Roger didn't think you could possibly get it from that first clue. So we'll have another clue for you at the end of this question session. So here we go with more questions. Now, this next question comes from Archibald McLeish of Pacific Palisades, California. He asks, in how many states will there be no contest for Senate seats in the 1948 general election? Joel? Well, a third of the Senate is up for re-election... That's 32, and since there's 48 of 18 Republicans, 14 Democrats, so there's 16 states that there won't be candidates up for re-election. 16 states, absolutely right, uh huh? 
Now, uh, how many tell? How many did you say? Uh, how many Republicans? And Eighteen Demo- Republicans and fourteen Democrats. That's absolutely right. Yes, sir. You certainly know your your politics, uh, Joel. Now, little eleven-year-old Judith Hayes of Chicago has been stumping all her friends with this question, and now she wants to try it on you, youngsters. We're going to use a piano with her question. And uh, I'm told our new quiz kid, John Galinas, has been taking lessons. So, Johnny, uh, will you step over here at the piano like a good boy? And then I'll tell you what to do next. All right, now, take it easy. Don't, don't stumble there. All right, now, John's over at the piano. Yeah, now, here, here, Johnny, is a music sheet. And I'm afraid you'll find nothing on it but the first three melody notes of a familiar musical composition. And the notes are all the same. You think you're good enough to play that? Huh? Well, all right. (laughs) They're written without any special rhythm, but if you can think of any musical number that starts with those three notes, a song, a symphony, any kind of musical composition, you are to play it on the piano. And if you other quiz kids can think of a musical selection beginning with those three notes, you hum it for us. Is that clear? All right, Johnny, music, please. Now, wait a minute, you just to play uh, three notes. Now, what? Uh, uh, let's have just three notes, three times. That's it, all right. What number begins with three notes, all the same? Of course, you can change the key to anything you want. Johnny? Well, uh, I believe it's the lost chord. You believe it's the lost chord, no. Oh, I'm, uh, I'm sorry, Lonnie? Yes, it could be the lost chord of that. Uh, that goes... And also Beethoven's Fifth Symphony. Well, Lonnie, you get over your own microphone. (laughs) 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 Lonnie sneaked over to Johnny's microphone while Johnny's at the piano. Um, All right, let's have that again. And also Beethoven's Fifth Symphony. (laughs) I'll accept that. That's that's right. Also tramp, 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 the boys are marching. (laughs) That's another one, sure. Also a popular song, We'll Gather Lilacs. We'll gather lilacs in the spring again. All right, now, I think Johnny has one here. Johnny? Well, uh, uh, wedding march, long and wedding wedding march starts out uh, with the uh, notes the same kind, but they're in a different key. They're in a different key. Let's see, how how do they go now? How's that go? Uh, If I could play it, I'll play it. All right. That's right. Uh Uh-huh. And... and, uh, and uh, the uh, overture to William Tell, uh, when they play on the Lone Ranger program, also begins. Okay. <laughs> 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 yeah, uh-huh, that's another one. And Lonnie? There's still another spot in the overture to the William Tell. It's a, only it's in the first part of the overture. The main theme goes like this. Well, I guess that wraps that up in a nice blue ribbon, all right. (laughs) Now, this next set of notes is a little bit harder. John, will you play this sheet of music, please? There you are, six notes, all alike this time. Six notes. David? That one could be the lost chord. No, I'm afraid not. Uh, I'm afraid not. Uh, Lonnie? Yes, it could be the lost chord, because it, uh, that goes... 
As a matter of fact, the words are, Seated one day at the organ, I was weary and ill at ease. Well, I think you'll find the lost chord has uh, eight notes all the same at the very beginning. Yeah, but he only played six, didn't Yeah, he? that's what I say, yeah. <laughs> well... <laughs> You're adding some more notes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, Lonnie. Yeah, but they'd sti- still be the same, those, those six notes, and still open the composition. Well, that's true, yes, that's right, huh? <laughs> <laughs> but you still were throwing in a couple of extra ones there now. All right. <laughs> you know, John, we didn't get a chance to hear much piano, just a touch of the classics now and then. How are you on Boogie Woogie? Well, I'll try. All right. Fine, Johnny. Thanks a lot. Only taking piano two years, two years and a half, as a matter of fact. I think he's getting along splendidly. Well, here we go with more questions. Charlotte Dias of Alameda, California, notes that the last names of some of our presidents start with the same three letters as the first name of another president. Now, what president's last name begins with the same three letters as the first name of our 33rd president? Lonnie? That's Harry S. Truman, and the answer, there are two of them, Benjamin Harrison, H-A-R, and William Henry Harrison, H-A-R. That's right. And the and president is Harry S. Truman, that's H-A-R. That's R-Y. right. And there's a third one, too, Lonnie. I there's wonder if you can think Harding. of Harding. Harding, that's Warren Harding. That's right, uh-huh. Now, what president's last name begins with the same three letters as the first name of our 25th president? Joel? Why, 25th president uh, was McKinley. McKinley. And his first uh, three letters was uh, W-I-L, so the president would be uh, Thomas Woodrow Wilson. That's right, Joel, my boy. That's correct. Uh-huh. Well, <laughs> I, uh, I see our guest, Roger Quam, is coming back to the microphone. Uh, Roger, are you going to give the kids a second clue to uh, Mr. Who? You bet I am, Mr. Kelly. Remember, kids, the first clue went like this. He shall add... One and five. On the top, it will arrive. Now listen carefully. Here's your second clue. Hmm. I wonder what that clue is supposed to represent. Now you kids can go into a huddle again because you'll have another chance to guess Mr. Who's identity in just a minute. In the meantime, here's Bob Murphy with a word about weddings. Yes, this is the month of weddings, and... Well, we have a suggestion for June brides. Listen. Hello. Mother. Oh, Mother, I'm so glad you're home. Something terrible's happened. Why, Louise, darling, what is it? We've quarreled. Bill and I have quarreled. Now, now, dear, things can't always run smoothly, you know. But when we were married, we said we never would. And now... Oh, Mother, you and Dad always seem to get along all right. How did you do it? Well, what's the trouble all about, Louise? Oh, Bill came home with a headache, and, and I'd been trying to make some strawberry shortcake, and, and I was tired, and, oh, one thing led to another. Mm, I know, I know. 
That's the way things often start. But instead of words, why didn't you try Alka-Seltzer? Alka-Seltzer? Oh, oh, you mean for Bill's headache. Why, of course. Why didn't I think of that? Well, you can be sure I'll remember from now on. And thanks, Mother. Yes, June Brides, there's a suggestion that's really worthwhile. When you or hubby have a headache, let Alka-Seltzer help keep peace in the family. It won't take you long to discover that there's nothing quite like Alka-Seltzer for fast, effective headache relief. You see, Alka-Seltzer's pain-relieving ingredient is already dissolved when you drink it, and therefore right ready to go to work on your headache discomfort, ready to bring you the welcome relief you want in a hurry. So remember this suggestion and keep a supply on hand all of the time. Then take Alka-Seltzer for fast relief whenever headache causes grief. All right, kids, now let's get back to Mr. Who. Talk about your huddles here this afternoon. Do you think you can tell us now who's who, or I mean, uh, who is Mr. Who, Lonnie? I'm afraid not, but our guess is Clinton P. Anderson. Clinton P. Anderson. Well, how about that, Roy? Or oh, Roger? I'm afraid not. No. <laughs> well, Roger says this is your last chance. Uh, he's going to give you just one more clue, and then you can each have one guess. Okay, Roger. To each his own, the sound is true. Cover the sheet, and he is through. He faces the challenge in his robe. At the bell, he starts to probe. All right, uh, David? Eisenhower, and uh, he's becoming president of Columbia University. In all the ceremonies, he wears these long cap and gowns. It's a robe. Uh-huh. How about that, Roger? No. No. Uh, Joel? Could it be Jersey Joe Walcott? <laughs> Jersey Joe Walcott? How about that, Roger? Well, I don't think he'd be wearing an academic robe. Uh, All right, Mark? Could you repeat the clue? <laughs> <laughs> no, son, I'm afraid we can't. How about you other two boys, John and Lonnie? Would you like to take a guess? Well, uh... I guess there's no sense in leaving it go at this. We might as well take a guess, so... Uh... Oh... Perry Como. Perry Como! <laughs> and John, how about you, son? Well, you want to take a guess? Well, I, uh... I think maybe a, a presidential candidate, maybe, uh... I was thinking maybe it's Truman. Harry no. Uh, that isn't correct, is it, uh, Roger? No, woman. Well, you know, I thought, sure, you'd guess the answer from those last clues, but maybe this Mr. Who is just too hard for you kids to identify. Roger, will you tell us who Mr. Who is? Well, Mr. Who is you, none other than Joe Kelly. Now, how do you like that, see? <laughs> you know... <laughs> If Roger hadn't told me who Mr. Who was before we went on the air, I don't think I'd have guessed the answer myself. So you need to feel badly. Roger explained the clues to me, and here's what they meant. He shall add is the biblical meaning for the name Joseph, my first name. One and five, well, here in the classroom, we have one quiz master and five quiz kids. And then it seems that there's a type of man's hat they call a Kelly, and that's what they were talking about in the line, way on top, it will arrive. And then they call me a national figure because our program is heard over the National Broadcasting Company Network. 
The bell was a cowbell, reminiscent of my days on the National Barn Dance and the RFD America program. And that line about uh, at the bell, he starts to probe, referred to the NBC chimes preceding our program. <laughs> we'll say that was a lot of fun, wasn't it? And of course, since it was a miss... That means that we're sending one of those big Zenith radio phonograph combinations to the Minneapolis Rehabilitation Center for Crippled Children and Adults from the makers of Alka-Seltzer. <laughs> now, here's an interesting math question from a new father, John Hansen of Detroit, Michigan. Since the new tax law reduces the amount withheld from wages... Mr. Hansen intends to take the amount that's now added to his weekly check and invest it in United States security bonds for his baby son's future education. Now, if his weekly salary is $54.50 and the withholding tax rate has been reduced from 17% down to 15%, how many $25 United States security bonds could he give his son in one year by using only his new tax savings. Joel? <clears throat> well, it's 2% of 54 and a half would be $1.09 a week. 52 weeks to year, that's $52.468, and, uh, or $56.68. And since the $25 bond only costs $18.75, yeah. three times $18.75, uh, would be fifty-six twenty-five. So, so that'd give him three uh, bonds a year yeah. plus forty-three cents. He'd have forty-three cents left over. That's right, Joel. <laughs> Roy Brenner of Greenville, Pennsylvania, thinks it might be fun to use names of composers as words in a sentence, and he hopes you kids will come up with some good puns. For example. Let's see, you could say, uh, I, I wonder where the next World Series will be played. <laughs> now, can you think of some others, uh, John? Well, uh, the one you're talking about is Giuseppe Verdi. Verdi, that's right. Well, you've got to think of another one. See, that was just a little example that I gave you. All right, Lonnie. Well, I'll start off with Franz Liszt. Uh, <laughs> say, uh, I'm going to the grocer to see my, how, my, uh, how he's doing in preparing my grocery list. List. That's, that's of course, right, that's, that's spelled L-I-S-T, and uh -huh. the composer's L-I-S-Z-T. Yes, uh-huh. And, uh, David? Um, at the Bach. At the Bach? Uh-huh, at the back. Oh, I see. <laughs> oh, there was. Uh, I, uh, sorry you had to telegraph that one to me. Uh, Joel? Well, with the German accent, va Bach, what is wrong? Yes. Uh, and, uh, all right. also handle with care. Handle, yeah, oh, yes, I get it, uh-huh. Can we think of it, John? Well, uh, hide him in the closet, that could be hiding. Hiding? Hiding? Yeah, that's, that's right, and Lonnie? Well, I was going to say there. Oh, you were, huh? <laughs> wow, uh, David? I eat Mrs. Wagner's pies. Oh, well, hey, that's really a plug, huh? <laughs> and Lonnie? Would you, would you call that a web, or would you call it something else? That is Weber. Weber, I see. Weber, something else. Very, very good. Those are all fine, kids. Well, you all hear the school bell, and as usual, it means class is over for today. And while the judges are working on your report cards, I'm going to call Roger Quam back to our microphone once again. Roger, since you are the winner in the recent Big World Affairs contest conducted by the Minneapolis Star, 
I'm sure our listeners would be interested in hearing what you and the other thousands of students who participated in the contest think is the most important problem in the world today. Well, Mr. Kelly, I think that all of us high school students believe that the biggest world problem is peace. Will we be able to achieve it? I believe most of us feel the answer is yes. A short while ago, as a part of World Affairs exams, about 50 of us discussed the critical problem of relations between the United States and Russia. There were many different views on the subject, nearly as many theories as students. But there was one thing we all agreed upon. World understanding and peace will be achieved if individuals have understanding. And we believe each one of us, by trying to know more about the other fellow and the other nation, can make an important part in helping to achieve world unity. And I'd like to say, Mr. Kelly, I don't think any group of young people is doing a bigger job in encouraging other youngsters to be well-informed than the quiz kids. Being here in the quiz kids' classroom this afternoon has been a wonderful experience for me. It was a pleasure to have you with us, Roger, and best of luck. Well, children, let's see what your report cards say. Remember, though, whether you win or lose, you all will get a $100 security bond from the makers of Alka-Seltzer to help you with your future education. Let's see. The judges find that our entire class missed two questions this afternoon. Lonnie is first, Joel second, and Mark and John tied for third. So you youngsters will return to our classroom two weeks from today. Now, notice I say two weeks because next Sunday is Father's Day, and we're going to have the same youngsters here in school that we had on Mother's Day, this time competing against their fathers. So our board will be Joel Copperman, Pat Conlon, Naomi Cooks, and Mike Mullen. On Mother's Day, you remember, the mothers won our competitive question session. Next Sunday, we'll have a chance to find out who is smarter, mother or dad. It will be an interesting comparison, so plan to be with us, won't you, folks? And now, until next Sunday, this is Joe Kelly dismissing the Quiz Kids class. Goodbye, kids. Bye, Bye Kelly. Kelly. Mothers, are you having trouble getting your growing children to take their vitamins every day? Try giving them one-a-day brand multiple vitamin capsules. Each one-a-day brand multiple capsule contains all the vitamins for which the amount needed for grown-ups and children has been established. What's more, one capsule every day is all they take. And one-a-day brand multiple vitamin capsules are low in cost. A full two-month supply for only $2. Ask your druggist for one-a-day brand vitamins. Good for growing children and adults. Remember, for vitamins the easy way, for vitamins the thrifty way, the brand you want is one a day. Listen to the Quiz Kids every week and listen to Alka-Seltzer's News of the World every Monday through Friday on most of these NBC stations. This is Bob Murphy speaking. <laughs>